You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. There's three cultural words that we felt as a church we want to adopt or we want to bring into our mix. And uh, we as a church have five heart attributes that we feel are really important, the things that we uh, strive to be as a church, what we look to scripture, what the church needs to be. These are the things that we, we saw uh, a number of years ago as a, as a church family or as church leadership. So we've shared a number of times over the years these five heart attributes. But one of them is the word enlarging, is that we would be a church that sees his kingdom come, that we wouldn't just be a church that exists for ourselves, but we would be a church that sees the spreading of the gospel and, and people coming to faith and that there would be an outward looking aspect of who we are as a church family because God saves us that we would become his ambassadors, right? We are called on mission. He has good works in store for each one of us to do. And so one of the things that we looked kind of in the review of this past year, we felt this is one area of the heart attributes of the church that we feel needs to be strengthened, that we need to gain more of this passion and heart for uh, reaching the lost and and to be moving out in this this capacity and so there were three cultural words that we felt as a church if this defined us as a church that actually it would help propel us in this direction of seeing God's kingdom come and one of the words that we looked at uh, was this word generous to be a generous church and not just generous with the resources but generous with our mercy and grace that we extend towards others that we be generous in our time and effort that we give to those who are in need. That when someone asks us to walk one mile, we walk with them two miles. That when one person asks for, for something of, of what we could offer, that we give them more than what they expected. That when someone strikes you on one side of the cheek, you turn the other. Why? Because you're showing mercy. And so that we would be a church that is defined by generosity. And so when we look at outreach, when we look at how we engage with the community, generosity is something that would say, that's who we are. We're going to choose to take the generous approach and not the only what's expected approach. It's a challenge. It's a challenge to be generous because it causes us to be sacrificial. And uh, being sacrificial can be difficult. We also looked at the word, uh, another cultural word is being accepting. And uh, accepting is a bit of a, a loaded word, a loaded term. And so when we say we want to be an accepting church, is it, are we accepting everyone's uh, kind of ways of life? Are we accepting all that? No, we're accepting who people are. We're accepting them as who God created them to be. And so in order for us to do that, we looked at this two weeks ago. We need to see past the exterior. Christ, when he was with the, the tax collectors and sinners, didn't see what they were doing as the obstacle. But he loved them and he accepted them for who they were before the transformation happened. And sometimes I think throughout history, the church has been kind of back to front where we want people to clean up and get their lives sorted and then come to church. But actually the church is for the sick and the broken and the people that actually their lives are a mess. Actually, this should be the place they feel most accepted, most welcomed, most loved, most cherished. Why? Because we treat each, per- each person with this love and acceptance, regardless of where they're coming from, regardless of the background, regardless of, of their gender or the color of skin or their, their ethnic, the ethnic background. <laughs> Here we are, a church that accepts, and we look at each person with the same value that Christ has for them, which is Him dying for them. 
And so that's a challenge for us, that we've been accepting, accepting church, demonstrating value, and empowering change as people come to contact. And actually, they come into this space, and you know what? I was expecting to be judged, but I was accepted. I was expecting to be judged, but I, I came away accepted. The third word we're going to look at today, and it's the final in this, in this, these three words that we've come up with, or we felt. And it's this word bold. To be bold. Uh, we, do, we, we actually, we, we, we look between bold and courageous, but we, we, we settled on the word bold. And the, the dictionary defines this word as showing a willingness to take risks, confident and courageous. So actually in the definition, courageous is part of the word bold. Being bold is not backing down or shying away or kind of taking that, that road of, of uh, not wanting to, to be noticed, but actually it's standing up and stepping out in faith. That we as a church would be bold and we as Christians would be bold in our life and in our, our following Jesus. In Matthew 5, 13 to 16, it's a passage of scripture that I, I'm sure we know very well. Uh, and he's talking, Jesus talks about really being bold. In fact, actually the song we sang this morning that the worship team have written, that bridge speaks about being bold. You are the, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, what was Jesus saying? To the church, to us as people. You say, you need to be bold. When you come to faith, when Jesus does something in your life, it isn't to be hidden and it isn't to be something that we kind of cower underneath our, our, uh, kind of this new faith we have in Jesus. But actually, Jesus says, you are to be the light of the world. You are to, to stand out, to, to shine out. We're not to be kind of a various version of Magnolia. You know, you can have different shades of, of beige. You know, where you just blend. The church, we just blend. But actually, we're called the first one. The first thing we see, we're called to stand out. We're called to stand. Be salty. Let your light shine. These are all things like, come on. Stand up. Stand out. It's so easy to play it safe, isn't it? In our Christian life. It's easy to be bold in this space. Yeah, I love Jesus. But then you're at work tomorrow and it's more difficult to proclaim the same thing, right? Come on. Am I alone on this? It's easy in this environment with everyone else. We can have a gang mentality. We all love Jesus. We'll do crazy stuff when we're together. But actually we're called to take the light into dark places. We're called to be salt, not where all the other salt exists, but where salt has its power when it's not with other salt, right? Salt only has a purpose when it is applied to another substance that is not salt. And so us to be salty, we can't be salty, just salty amongst itself. Come on. Does that make sense? I don't know if it's grammatically correct, but it's the point is, is in order for us to have effect, salt has to be applied outside of its own existence, its own substance. And so for us to have to be salty, we need to apply in ourselves the faith that we have in Jesus in a world that needs it. 
Right? We need to stand out and be bold and stand up with our, our faith and what God is doing in our lives in a place that needs to hear it and needs to experience. The world needs to see that there's something different, not only in our speech, but also in our deeds. Uh, they should see that the church, when we respond to things around us and the needs around us, actually there should be something that stands out about who we are. Again, it's easy to take the approach of what everyone's expecting or to do the same as what everyone else is doing. But actually, God calls us not to be like everyone else. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Take on a different uh, aspect of who God calls you to be. Don't just live like you used to live. Be something different because you're called to stand out. We're called to be salty. We're called to be light. But that can happen just amongst this space. Light and salt have its power when they're in places that it does not exist. It has its power in places it does not exist. Jesus didn't blend in, did he? When he stepped into ministry, he didn't blend in with the crowd. His life, everything he did, stood out. There was a contrast. The religious leaders and the system was in a certain way. And then Jesus just cut through that. And he kind of went across the grain. But he demonstrated something of the kingdom that people were attracted to. He wasn't obnoxious. Jesus wasn't obnoxious. And I'm not telling you to stand up and be obnoxious in your faith. But he is, Jesus demonstrated this love and this empathy and this compassion, but also demonstrated the power of the Holy Spirit and stood up and brought change to the world that he was in. And then he commissioned us to do the same. He had, he had signs and wonders, his message, his, his provision. Center Church is called to be bold. To stand out in this area. Secondly, we see in this passage that our, our calling to be bold is to affect change. We're to be change agents. Salt and, and light affect their environments. And again, if you, if you were to make this room completely black and you were to put a candle in the middle of it, I don't know if you've ever been in those moments where there's a thunderstorm. It doesn't seem to happen so much now. The power grid must be better. But I remember growing up and there would be a thunderstorm and uh, suddenly the power would go out. Do you remember those days? I don't even remember the last time that happened. But anyways, I remember growing up and that happened. And all of a sudden the house would be dark. And when you don't have street lights, and I grew up in a village of 500 people. And so when it was dark, it really was dark. And suddenly, you know, mom would go get the candles or whatever. And, you know, we'll light a candle. And suddenly what was dark became illuminated by a single flame. It changed the environment. Single flame. One candle in a room can change that room. One candle. But the power of that candle is most effective in the darkest places, isn't it? It isn't, if we were to light a candle today with all the lights on in this place, it would seem insignificant. But when you applied that same candle into dark spaces, suddenly what was dark and maybe fearful and, and full of unknown suddenly becomes illuminated with this light. And the same thing goes, that light to shine in the darkness. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Don't hide the light. Don't hide the light. You're not called to be undercover Christians. You're not called to, to, to light something and put it under a bowl. You're called to let it shine before men. You're called to let it shine out in the dark spaces. You're called to be a city on a hill. 
that everyone sees from miles away because your light is shining. It calls for us to be bold, to, 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 to be change agents. Salt also is a preserver. It's, it disinfects it. It brings out flavor. They're change agents. To be strong is moving in this area of impact. We are called to, to change through our involvement in the world. We're, we're called to be change agents, aren't we? When God says we're called to represent Him, and actually one of the prayers of, 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 that we were taught by Jesus, that your kingdom come, your will be done, where on earth as it is where? In heaven. In fact, we are called to represent His kingdom, that His plans would be revealed here as it is in heaven, not the other way around. We are called to bring heaven to earth. We're called to see His purposes revealed here as it is in heaven. We're not just to accept things as they are. The status quo, the world's a mess. Let Jesus just come back soon. No, we're called to see His kingdom come. We're called to be change agents. And so every environment you're in actually is an environment God wants you to see change. To represent Him, to, to be bold in, in what God has done in your life. That Because of what God has done in your life, other people's lives can be changed. Amen. It's very easy to just ignore, to be apathetic. But actually, you and I carry within us the good news of Jesus. If you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, man, you have got the best news on this planet. You've got something. You've got a treasure in this earthen vessel that far surpasses any other good news. It isn't a great stock investment. It isn't a, a great news on what the government's doing with Brexit. It isn't any of that. The good news is eternal. The good news that is in us will last forever. It doesn't change. The good news never becomes bad news. The good news consistently every day is good news. Why? Because it's the hope. It's the hope that the world needs that although life and although government and although things may not be as they should be, there is a Jesus that loves them, that cares for them, that has a plan of salvation for them and that they will live in eternity where there is no suffering, there is no pain, there is no sorrow. That is the hope and glory. We were all destined to die, but Jesus came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. That is the good news message that we have. And so when we say we are to be bold, we're to be change agents, the world needs to know this good news. This good news. But not only that, you and I carry within us the, the, the work of the Holy Spirit who empowers us to see signs and wonders, to see people healed and set free. He's given us authority over the demonic realm, the things that hold people captive. We have authority to set the captives free because of what Jesus has done. You and I have the, the authority to take back what the enemy is stealing from other people, and yet we could be like police that are turning a blind eye, although we could step in and intervene and stop the robbery. Right? People's lives are being robbed and you have the authority to stop it. But you need to take your authority. You need to stand up. You need to be bold and take authority in the situations that come across your way. Let your light shine. Each one of us has a light to be shone in the world that we're in, in the environments that we find ourselves. Each one of us 
We've experienced the love of Christ. We have a love to give, a compassion to offer. When this is activated, when all of this is activated, the world around us is changed because of it. We affect change. And I think if we are moving in love, we're moving in authority and power of the Holy Spirit. How can the world around us not be changed? If the light shines in the dark places, the darkness will disappear. The problem is, is that we light our light under a, we light it strong in this room and then we put it under a bowl the rest of the week. It's a temptation. We don't want to offend anyone. We don't, you know, in our workplace, we have this kind of thing. We don't like to say much about our faith. Don't want to make my person beside me feel a bit awkward. So it's better, although they're telling me their life story and it's really terrible, I'm not going to offer to pray for them or share anything of hope because I don't want them to feel uncomfortable. I'd rather they go home suffering and fear and then share my faith. To share the good news that there's a way out. I, I just feel uncomfortable. You know what? Isn't it true? We feel uncomfortable. And yet the people around us are telling you their stories because they are dying. And they're needing to hear that you've got good news for them. They're needing to hear from somewhere that there's a hope in their life. And yet you carry it. And God is saying to us this morning, come on, church. I've put you as vessels in this world that needs to hear what I've done in your life. I can do in their life. How I've set you free, I can set them free. How I've healed you, I can heal them. You need to, you need to let your light shine. Be bold. Be courageous. The third thing that we see in this passage is to be public. It says, let your light shine where? Where does it, where does it say? Before men and women. Let's just be open to all genders here. Let our light shine before all people. Our light is not to shine just before us. Our light is to shine before all people. That they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Out in the open for all to see. In word and in deed, our lives should reflect the world, to the world around us that we're followers of Jesus. They should see something in us that points people to Him. There's something powerful about what God is doing in our lives that people come across us and they say, Wow, your God is good. Your God is good. Because He's changed me as well. Center Church shouldn't be seen as this exclusive club or group that no one really knows what we do or what we believe. That when people drive past Center Church, they, oh, some little group that meet there, they're a bit weird. We might be a bit weird, but the world should know what we believe. They should know what we stand for. They, sh they should know the power of Jesus at work in our lives and through what we do as a church family. When we talk about being church and being bold, it's, it's, it's two-fronted. It's the side of us personally in our everyday lives, but then it's also collectively as a church family. The outreach, we, the big brekkie. When we break sausages together. All in the name of Jesus. That actually when people come in to the big brekkie, man, they spent, experience something of God. Our light is shining in their world. 
It requires us to have a, a shift of focus, though, from what happens in the church to, to what the church could be doing outside of this space. You know, we're believing for the cafe to, to be an outreach that we see people come to faith. We're believing that our clubs and all the things we explore, all these things are avenues for us to have contact with. But we need to keep our eye on the, the calling. And actually, we don't exist for us. We exist for the high calling of letting his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. That we would be bold. That we'd be courageous in, in letting our light shine in this place, in Brighton, in other communities that the church has represented. We need to let our light shine. To be bold requires steps of faith and courage. And I'm aware, again, that to, to keep what we have to ourselves is easier. But when we have such an amazing testimony, how can we not share it with others? The joy of our salvation, the hope that we have, the power of God that has sustained our lives, people need to know it. And I, I want to enthuse us as a church that as we look into the autumn season, you know what? We're not just going in, limping into a new season, just trying to get through another, another autumn term. No, we want to move forward in power and authority. And we want to shine for Jesus in this space. We don't want to just limp along, hoping that Jesus comes back just to see us out of our misery. No, we want to see out our, our time when the baton is in our hand, that we would run the race set before us with perseverance that we would shine for Jesus in every space that we are in our lives without compromise, without fear. Paul said to Timothy that God has not given us a spirit of timidity or fear, but of power and a love and self-discipline or self-control. He's not given us a spirit of timidity. And as a church, if we have a timid spirit, that is not from him. To play it safe is not from him. To be bold and be courageous, to take steps of faith that are maybe even risky. But if he's leading it, let the risk happen, that we would let our light shine. God is calling us as a church to, to stand up. He's calling you, he's calling me to stand up. Where are you Monday to Saturday? What spaces are you living in that maybe you've been tempted to just hide? What spaces is maybe God calling you into that your light needs to shine? Jesus again said, it isn't the healthy that need the doctor. But it's the sick. It's the people that are marginalized. It's the people that maybe society has forgotten about. These are the people actually need to know that there's a God that loves them. You know, people that live in even expensive houses commit suicide because they get the top of their game. They earn the money. They have the top careers and discover that all of this is meaningless. It isn't just the poor that need to know that Jesus loves them, but it's the wealthy. It's across the spectrum. All humanity needs to know. This is our challenge as we head into September, this new academic year as a church, that we would shine, that we would shine, that our light would shine, that we wouldn't just be an ember, 
but our, our light will shine brightly. And I don't know what that looks like for you. I know what it looks like for me, but I need the Holy Spirit to help me. When the church, the early church was established, persecution hit the church and they'd already been filled with the Holy Spirit, but they came again to that space of saying, oh God, we need your spirit to come and fill us that we would speak your name boldly. Boldly is what they prayed for. And that is where I believe we're at right now. We know it theoretically. But is it, is it, there's a jump between what is theoretical and what is actual. And in that, that gap is where the Holy Spirit comes in. And it's that space right now that we say, Holy Spirit, fill that gap. The willingness, willingness is there, but we need your boldness. We need that, that power at work in us that we, can, we, we feel compelled to share, to do, to respond. We feel compelled because of what the Holy Spirit is doing in us. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.